0: Morning. Let me see if I can get all the technology and everything uh, here in place. I think we're all set to go. It is a privilege to be with you this morning, to, uh, to share with you um, what I trust is God's word for us this morning. I share things, and, and I need to hear this um, maybe more than many of you. I'm involved um, daily in, in Bible translation, but I need to be reminded constantly of God's call upon us. Um, so it's a privilege to be with you. Also, I also want to point out my wife, Catherine, and my two boys, Michael and Timothy, are sitting back here. So please greet them. Um, and it's good to have my folks um, come down. My mom wouldn't uh, wouldn't miss me having an opportunity to preach, so I have to... Have to do that, you know. As I think about, as I thought about what I share with you this morning, I I, I thought, okay, I could share um, just about the message that we have, the message that God has given us. But we've already kind of caught that this morning in the readings from God's word. I could share with you examples of missionaries and um, things that they've done, things that I've I've worked with missionaries in translating God's word. I could share about your part of the task, but I want to kind of go to the end. Of the process. When, when we do a typesetting project, oh, um, can we see that? Good, we can see that. When I do a typesetting process, I work with a translator who's already done the work, but we start and we, and we lay out this task. And if I start laying out the scripture in a certain format, and I spend a couple weeks on that, and then find that at the end of that, the translator says, no, I really want to have it in two columns with Spanish on the bottom, it's really frustrating. So we always start with what's the end? What do you want this to look like when you finish? And so my question is, what does this look like at the end for us? So we're going to go to the end of the Bible. We're going to go to Revelation and read this passage. And after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, People and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is the end of what we're doing. People from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. John uses some of those same words in Revelation 5, 9, when he says, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and because your blood, with your blood you purchased men for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom And priest to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. That is our end, that we will reign as a a mighty multitude before God, people from every nation. Now, in some ways, it's a little bit false to define things like this in English, because, of course, John was writing in a different language, but let's go through this. Every nation, how many nations are there in the world? Well, Today the U.N. says there are 196, but tomorrow that may change um, as the nations change. Do you include Puerto Rico, Scotland, Wales, Taiwan in those nations? It's kind of hard to count nations. What about every language? How many languages are there in the world today? Well, the current count says that there are 7,105, but that count changes a little bit in and out as we look at languages and as languages die. Every tribe. How many tribes are there in the world? Well, in reality, it's sort of a very hard question because nobody knows how to define a tribe. So we'll just leave that one as a question mark unknown. What about people? How many people groups are there in the world? The Joshua Project defines a people group as a group of people for whom there is no boundary that you have to cross to get to them. So how many people groups are there in the world? Well, some counts say there are about 10,000 different people groups in the world. Other counts say there's more like 27,000 people groups in the world. So how many people are included in this? It's kinda hard to say, it's just a lot. It's everybody. Everybody will be around the throne. This promise Is something that God made to Abraham. God made this promise to Abraham. Surely I will bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. There is a a chorus um, and I debated whether I would get the praise group to, to do this with me, but I thought, okay, we're, they've got a lot of stuff they're working on, and I don't have time to, uh, to do this too. But I love this little chorus. It says, Our heart, our desire, Is to see the nations worship our Christ. Our prayer is to sing your praise to the ends of the earth, that with one mighty voice every tribe and tongue rejoices. Our heart, our desire is to see the nations worship you. Sing that with me. Our heart, our desire, is to see the nations worship. Our cry, our prayer, is to sing your praise to the ends of the earth that with one mighty voice every tribe and tongue rejoices our heart, our desire is to see the nations worship you. All nations worshiping the Lord. God has done the work. Jesus Christ has purchased men from every nation, from every people. But how will they know? How will they know that God has done this work? In Romans... Paul says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. and It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says... Anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But here's the the real key. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. From the earliest days of the church, men and women have taken God's word to the peoples of the earth. In 348, the Gothic Bible was translated. In 381, it was translated into Latin in the Vulgate Bible. 404, the Arminian Bible. 420, the Gregorian, the Georgian. I don't know how you say that one. (laughs) 494, the Ethiopian Bible. 635, the Chinese Bible. For us, we had to wait all the way until 1384 for John Wycliffe to translate the Bible into English. By the year 1880, 68 languages had scripture of some variety. By 1990, that number had increased to almost, well, to more than 2,000 languages with scripture, either a Bible or a New Testament, or a portion of that Bible. Today, there are 513 languages in the world that have a complete Bible. Actually, that that number seems just kind of astounding to me, because I think there are 7,000 languages in the world, and only 500 of them have a complete Bible. 1,294 have a New Testament. And over 1,000 have at least one book published in their language. That's a total of 2,817 languages that have some portion of Scripture today. Additionally, there's over 2,000 languages where translation projects, either Wycliffe Bible Translators, Lutheran Bible Translators... um, Independent translators who are working with languages. Somebody today is working in another 2,000 languages. But that still leaves almost 2,000, leaves still 1,900 languages that have not even been started that need God's Word so that the people of the Word can hear the message that we can hear every Sunday. In order to take God's Word to the people of the earth, that word needs to be translated into the language of the people. Si yo vengo a ustedes y hablo en un idioma extranjero, algunos de ustedes comprenden lo que estoy diciendo, sin embargo, muchos de ustedes no no saben lo que estoy diciendo. I could come and speak to you in a language and some of you are going to understand what I just said. How many of you understood what I just said? A few. I may not have said it right, so then if I'd said it right, maybe more of you would have understood. <laughs> but if I came and I spoke a language that was close to English, then the scripture might look like this. We are, therefore, Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us. We, you on Christ's behalf, be to God. There are many languages in the world where the people speak some Spanish, but Spanish for them is, is a second language. And so they hear and understand most of what's being said, but a few key words get lost. This makes a lot more sense if we put the words "ambassador" and "implore" and "reconciled" in there. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. All of a sudden, now we can understand it and make sense of it. But unless the word of God is really in the language of the people, it just doesn't make sense. This may be a little bit small. You can't really read that. I can't read that either. Because this is in languages of Guatemala. Um, These are languages that we don't know. We don't speak these languages. But there are people in the world... For whom this is God's word. Why does it take so long? Why has it taken so long to get God's word into these languages? Well, for one, somebody's got to learn the language. It takes time to learn a language. Many of you out there have been working on Spanish since you were in maybe the sixth or seventh grade, and like me, someday you may get it. Um, it takes time. It takes time to learn a language. It takes time to learn the culture and to understand what's different there. How do we make the transition from one language to another? It's hard to work with people. Working with people is often very difficult. And we think, oh, this will be a breeze. I can just come in here and the people are going to love me and they're going to just do everything for me. But that's not always the case. And then additionally, in our case, we can translate the Bible but unless you take time to teach the people to read it it doesn't really do much good having it in a written form if the people don't understand it doesn't mean anything well some would say "Well, why not just use Google Translator I mean I can go on the computer and I can translate with Google and I mean you know it comes out pretty good and that's true oops there we are there we are well it's this great tool if we're translating from English to Spanish But a tool like Google Translator requires you to have a whole lot of data. And in the languages that we're working with, there is nothing written down, because we're the first ones writing it down. So you can't really do that with our languages. Besides that, Google Translator doesn't always come out the best. I I took this this phrase, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I ran it through a translator multiple times. Now, this is, again, obvious kind of, you know, I mean, I ran it through multiple times, but here's what came out. <laughs> Doesn't quite give us the same message. And so if we're trying to translate God's word this way, we, we may actually give a false information. I was recently in a workshop in Mexico teaching in Spanish, We deal with culture when we're dealing with another language. I asked them, "Okay, so what word is in front of loved? Help me out here. What word is in front of loved?" The. I said, "No. What word is in front?" Because I heard the so. I heard you guys say so. I said, "What words in front of what what words in front of loved?" They said, "The." I started getting really upset. No, what word's in front? In front. In front of loved. Well, for an indigenous Mexican, front has to do with direction. And so when we say the word in front, it's the word that way. So for them, the word the is the word in front. This caused some problems because I was teaching them a computer course and I'd say put your cursor in front and delete. Didn't work out all the time. We had some confusion. Culture is important. I can't translate the word of God. And I, again, I'm not a translator. I'm the computer support person working with translators. But we can't translate unless we have an understanding of the culture. I want to share. This may be a story that some of you may have heard. But there was a group of people called the hedi in Cameroon. And the translator of that was trying to figure out how had God reached this culture? How had he ministered to this culture? And one night in a dream, God told the translator, he said, look at the word, look at the word love. Okay. So, so he looked at the word love. Now, in this language, all verbs, almost all verbs, end in I, A, or U. But when he looked at the word love, he could only find words that had I and A. And so he, he asked the people, could you dv your wife? Could you deve your wife? And they said yes. That would mean that the wife had been loved, but the love was gone. Okay, Had loved her, but the love was gone. What about dva? Could you dva your wife? said yes, that's the kind of love that depends on the wife's actions. She would be loved as long as she remains faithful, cares for her husband well. Okay? It's a good thing. We want wise to devise. Okay, what about devu? Could you devu your wife? And they said, of course not. That would mean that you would keep loving your wife no matter what she did. Even if she never got you water, even if she never made you meals, even if she committed adultery, you would be compelled to keep on loving her. No, you would never devu your wife. It just doesn't exist. And so Lee paused and he thought for a minute and he's thinking about John 3.16 and he said, well, could God devoo people? And these church leaders and these elders stopped and they, they, they just were stunned. And on a few of them, tears started to come down their faces. They said, do you know... What this would mean, this would mean that God kept loving us over and over, millennia after millennia, while all the time we rejected his great love. He is compelled to love us even though we have sinned more than any people. One simple vow, adding the you, change the meaning from I love you based on what you do and who you are to I love you based on who I am I love you because of me and not because of you. This is the message that God wants for the Hidi people. This is the message that God wants for us. Very quickly, Catherine and I went to Guatemala in 1995. Um, I went to be the computer support person and to provide translation Help. In that time, I've translated over 32,000 pages of scripture. This is 33 different Bibles or New Testaments. Over 1.8 million people affected by that. But there is still great need in the world. As you look at the map, you can see that in the Americas, there are only 79 languages still to be done. So we're finishing up the work there. The rest of the world has the majority of those Africa, India, Papua New Guinea. But there are several projects that we're finishing, and this is where I want to end, and I want to ask you to pray with us. As we're continuing this work, and you all are a part of this, there is a K language in Colombia. I didn't put the name on this one because it's a sensitive project. These people have been persecuted because of the Word of God. There are 9,900 speakers of this language. The persecution, they suffer when the last time a scripture portion came out, it got burned. And so we're concerned that this language would actually get typeset and finished. The team is coming to Waxhaw, North Carolina, in about two weeks. And we're going to be doing the final paging of this. So I'd ask you to pray for this K language. After we finish that, there's the Kachikel of Santo Domingo, Shenako. Say that quickly. This is a Guatemalan language. It'll be what we call a diglot, where there's Spanish and Cochiquel on the same page. There are 8,000 speakers of this language. And we hope to start this at the end of the month. In the Tucano New Testament and Old Testament portions, there are 6,000 languages, people there, and they live in Colombia and Brazil. And it's a very interesting language because... No man can marry a woman with the same language. He has to marry someone from a different language group. So this is a really interesting language group because they end up with a lot of mixture. But pray for the translator here. The translator is older and is needing to finish this quickly. And then there's the Eastern Huckl Bible. There are almost 12... 112,000 speakers, and I hope to start that sometime this year. There are a number of projects. I really, I, I probably don't expect you to remember all these names. What I do want you to remember is there are a lot of projects that we're finishing right now. There are teams in the Americas that are finishing the work that God has given them. The epistle reading for this morning that wasn't read is, But you were once darkness, but now are light in the world, in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Paul writes this in the context of how people live. But I believe it applies to what we have here. God desires that his word go to the nations of the world. Pray that God would give translators, raise up translators who can do this, wisdom. In using the technologies that we have. There are new technologies coming out all the time. How can we use those technologies to get God's word into the languages of the people? And I especially pray for health of aging translators. In the Americas, the average age of our translators is about 65 to 70. Because these are people who went there in the 50s, in the late 60s, to translate God's word. And they're finishing up now. But their health is is failing. And so we need to pray that God would continue and we'd be able to get these projects done in a timely way. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, that you love us, that you have called us to be your children, that you have called us to your service. Lord, show us how we should walk and live in such a way that the nations of the world would know you. The nations of the world, Lord, would come before you to worship